Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. It is episode 38 today and we are in a little mishmash of shows. We're going to take half from Kiss My Arts and half from In Focus. Today's show is brought to you by Owen Kalaki and I will be telling you a little bit more about Owen later in the programme. I'm going to catch up with the three ladies that make up Flo Bio, Tony McGlynn, Heather and Eileen Maxwell, who have swum from Dowra in Cavan through Loch Allen and have now reached the Longford border just at Ruski. I caught up with them yesterday evening to find out how the first six days of their journey have been so far with the inclement weather, some very testing conditions and how the bodies are holding up after six days swimming. But first, our attention turns towards the arts, and specifically the arts in Balnamore. And I'm joined by Jane Gilhini Barry to talk about her new book, That Curious Love of Green, which is being launched in McGirl's Bar on Saturday evening at 5pm. It's being launched by Nicola Kearns, who's another accomplished local writer. I caught up with Jane last week to have a chat about her career to date and her new book. Here's what she had to say. Today I am joined by an author. Uh, she's co- bringing out her second book after her original novel. I'm going to have trouble pronouncing it. Kyluk? Kyluk. Kyluk. You can't really go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, my Irish, it could possibly go wrong. But that is the voice of Jane Gilhini Barry, who joins me for today's show. Jane, welcome to the programme. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's my pleasure. You popped up on social media a couple of weeks ago promoting a new book. Tell us a bit about your new book first and then we go back and look at the origins of the the original novel and your own creative writing. Okay well um, the new book is called A Curious Love of Green Notes from a Writer's Journal. It's it's basically a diary uh, spanning 2013 to 2018 the years when I was writing my novel and um, uh, I suppose I kind of see it as the book inside the other book or um, a more personal account or a glimpse of behind the scenes, family life, writing life, all of that sort of thing. Um, so there's little snippets. It, it kind of tells the story from I started writing to publication, but um, through like everything, for each piece is like, say, anything from a line to two pages. So it's one of those kind of bitty books that you can kind of dip in and out of. And uh, yeah, it's, it's essentially like reading someone's diary, I suppose. Now let's go back a little bit towards your own upbringing in County Leitrim. Tell us a bit about you and where you're from and kind of how you got into writing. Well, I'm born and raised in Ballinamore and um, I, my parents gave us a love of books, so books um, was always a big thing in our family and going weekly trips to the library and that sort of thing was uh, something that we always loved to do. I always wanted to write, but um, I, like I suppose a lot of people growing up in places like this, you don't really see any examples of that. You don't grow up in that kind of world and um, I suppose sport is the dominant thing which is great for people who that's their thing but um, for uh, a more creative type who's into writing uh, it's it I suppose you don't really see examples which is something I think that's great about the whole social media and uh, that sort of thing now that we're seeing more examples of that but um, I grew up here I always wanted to write I was good at English at school one of those kind of typical people but then you know life got in the way and um, I always put, I always worked in creative industries, but it took me until I was 39 to get back into creative writing. I was at home here in those two winters, which um, no one will ever forget, those two dreadful winters, and I had two very small children. I wasn't driving, 
Um, I wasn't working for the first time in many years and I had a teen actually and a baby and a toddler and I really needed I was really feeling the need of some of a creative outlet beyond food cooking even though I'm passionate about those things but I knew I needed something more to um, get my teeth into and I discovered blogs at the time and I thought maybe that's something I could do so I started looking into that and uh, you know I thought I knew actually that once if I was to commit to that I would commit 110% so I I decided I'll start it I'm going to write three posts a week I don't really know what I'm going to write about but that's what I'm going to do so what was your inspiration for the first post because I think that's the hardest part is pressing that publish button the first time on a blog I think the first post I just said hello or something like that and had a picture of the garden we had some nice flowers at the time and um you know it was very just kind of test just saying hi there I can't remember actually what the first proper post was but I suppose at that time I was doing everything from recipes to just little personal essays and just different little musings and things like that um, on life Uh, I never knew what I was going to write before I sat down but that was one of the miraculous things that happened pretty quickly was once I'd sit down and be like it's time to write a blog post it would I'd just start writing and some magic would kind of happen it would just come so I suppose I started to learn very quickly that once you commit to these things, it does come on like blazes. If you, how long before you gathered any kind of an audience? Um, it was pretty quick actually, but I, I I think where it started to really grow was once I linked a Facebook page, and uh, when I linked the Facebook page, the reason I did that not uh, my background is PR, but I wouldn't have known a lot about the online side of things. And once I linked the Facebook page, the reason I'd done that was because I wanted to share smaller things. So I'd see maybe an article that I liked somewhere or a painting or something that inspired me. I thought, you know, it's a lot of work to just share it, put that in the blog, you know, uploading photographs and all that kind of thing, links. And I thought, I'll just link to a Facebook page. And it started to grow very quickly because I suppose I could, in those days it was more potential to meet, to reach more people without advertising. So there was more organic reach, as we call it, as everyone talks about now. And it grew very quickly from from there. Um, so I suppose I was lucky, and I managed. You know, I have a dedicated following that has kind of stayed with me even through the changes. And you know, they're always there, and they kind of come and find me. I'm not sure I appear in their newsfeed anymore, but they will seek me out and come and find me. So that that started pretty early on. And do yeah. you have a, uh, any idea of where those followers are based? Whether they're local to Leitrim, across the country, or even further afield? Oh, they're all over. Yeah, um, they're all over the world, basically. Yeah, so they could be from from anywhere, really. Yeah, they're from anywhere and everywhere. Did you find the schedule three posts a week rather daunting at the start or challenging? No, uh, actually, it was very easy. But within a year, um, as I was saying, in, within as I was saying before, we we started here. I started the novel within a year, and I'd had that ambition always to write a novel, but I didn't. I had no no feeling at all that it would happen so quickly but once I started the novel then everything else became really hard blog posts became difficult everyday life became difficult because it just took so much energy and so much time and so much focus and that sort of thing so once I started writing the novel everything else kind of got fell by the wayside that was all right (laughs) and how did you find the actual the process because people talk about uh, how daunting and how challenging it is to write a book and a novel particularly because you have to generate the story if you're writing about something else it's research or it's your own story but if you're inventing characters and worlds and and mapping stories into that that's quite challenging in itself so 
How did you find that whole process? Um, I, I suppose I was lucky in one sense that um, I didn't have to do a lot of research for Kayak. A lot of what I basically what I did was I wrote the first draft and I did no research at all. I just I started writing and I had well from I had the initial when I had the initial idea, I thought okay I, I you know I wrote out kind of a bit of a just of like a one page thing. This is a rough idea of the story. But when I sat down to start writing it, I had this moment of terror and like I couldn't even write a word. I was like I have no idea what I'm doing here, which I didn't have any idea what I was doing here. And I contacted a writer that I knew, Carmel Harrington, and she was fantastic. And she was the only person I knew at the time. I mean, that whole world has opened up to me now, but at the time she was the only person I knew who was an author who I was kind of friendly with on Facebook. And she was just like, look, Jane, this is what you do. And even when she said that, I was like, phew, so like, there's an answer to this. This is great. So, you know, she said, just, you know, write your whatever, your, your uh, thousand words, whatever it is every day. Just keep going, push on. So that's what I did. I mean, I flirted with the whole thing of doing, you know, plotting chapters and all that kind of thing, but it wasn't for me. I found that once I started writing it, it just, I, it just moved and I just followed it. Just like when I started writing the characters, I was worried about that because anyone who's read the book knows there's quite a lot of characters in, in the book. It's a multi-point of view as well. So I think I, I, I took, I went all the, all the complicated ways you could do it. That's what I did without realising but when I started writing the character, writing the dialogue, they just all started talking, like different people. I mean, it was kind of a, even a bit of a frightening experience in ways, because I'd never done anything like that before. So I just, it just moved and I just followed it. Don't forget, we have a fantastic competition at the moment. This week, we are giving away a opportunity to win 12 weeks gym membership with 24 personal training sessions and that's all in train and gain in the Mulvey Centre in Courtober in Carrick and Shannon and the personal trainer is James McDowell who operates out of that gym you can get all the details on how you can win that prize for yourself completely free on leitrimdaily.com and just click on the win prizes section or the headline for the 12 weeks gym membership put your details in and you are in the hat And the very best of luck to you. Now we're sitting here in your house just outside Ballon the Moor. The book itself is set in the general vicinity of Schlieven-Irgen, which is just really around the corner. Mm. Tell those maybe who who listen to the show and have never read your book a little bit about it. Give us a little taste of maybe what they're missing and why they should maybe pick it up and and get it. When they're getting the new one as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, the two, I think, work well together. Um, I think Kaliak, I think some people have been, maybe, who've heard about it have thought they weren't sure about it because maybe it seems maybe a little bit too dark or they're not into this idea of a witchy story or something. But I think it's, um, from, from the feedback I've gotten from readers, I think it's a book for people who love the landscape here. Um, the thing that has really come across the most is people who felt, you know, if they're away from home, that it has killed them, like, to read it, because they can just, like, they're just there, like, on the sleeve near mountain, and they just, you know, that the landscape is nearly like another character in the book. And it has, uh, I suppose, that's the kind of quality, I think, that has come across the most. And I don't think it's too dark or too scary, but I think for myself, because my dad comes from, my dad is from Otnashilan, and we spent a lot of time as children at his parents' house up in Miscon and up at the mountain. And a lot of, a lot of 
what's in the book is from my childhood, but it wasn't kind of conscious, if you know what I mean. It's more like the atmosphere and the seasons and the moods and the light and all that kind of thing. So I think that's something that... Um, that's really what informs it and just being always around these kind of great characters my grandmother was a great character and full of superstitions and stories and I have all these aunts and she had all these sisters so we have these older aunts as well and so I had a lot of material to draw on (laughs) Um, but I think another thing as well that um, is important in Kaliak is um, I've always had a, a I've been fortunate to have always a really good home life and home is really a haven in Kaliak like the house is a big thing in, in the story and family is a big thing as well so those kind of like um anyone that likes something like that and connections of family and the whole thing of you know trying um i suppose the discovery of self and trying to um be an individual and be yourself but balance that with maybe a harsh landscape but that you also feel very connected to but you're also battling with and maybe with a community and with family loyalties and family duties, but still kind of wanting to have, you know, be an individual and kind of follow your own path as well. So that's a big part of it as well. Out of Kaliak, you have decided to release notes from a writer's journal. So it's the story of what you were going through while you wrote the first novel. Uh, It's called That Curious Love of Green, as we mentioned at the start. And people can get this book in some places around the county and maybe on Amazon as well? Yes, yeah, in paperback and for ebook editions as well. I know you've already touched on it, but tell us a bit more about what people will find within the covers of this book. Um, Well, I suppose it's like reading someone's diary and reading um, a creative person's diary and just someone who's trying to balance, if that's ever possible, everyday life, family life, parenting, with the what had become for me a daily necessity of writing and r- writing these books and, well, at that time, trying to get Kylieck out. Um, I was all the time kind of keeping my... keeping the blog going sporadically and also writing in my own notebooks. And I think it kind of just... There's lots of laughs in it because the children feature strongly in it, the family, all it just it's it's just I think kind of like people will read it and hopefully be inspired to maybe pursue their own creative um longings and not be put off by the challenges of everyday life, which is very hard. But there's a lot to be you know, there's a lot of inspiration there as well and there's a lot um you know humor inspiration it doesn't kind of shy away from everything it's all there warts and all would you read a couple of uh, of the short chapters first okay so this is number 50 each piece is numbered and some of them are only a line and aligned to a page or two but this one is uh, number 50 advice from five when it's not working out close your eyes this is number 61 i am a summer house The house is new, built a few years ago, but the way it writes poems, you'd never know. The house is a ship, it carries dreams, today it captured shimmering things. I blinked and the hill turned lush with flowers, I'd only open the door for an hour. In rushed the green air, light for the corners, scent of lilacs and clover, and the house wrote, I am a summer house. Um, So, I mean, I have very random, just everyday things, like number 71 is went over the lane tonight in pitch dark pyjamas and wellies to share wine with Colin, my brother, and found my way home again after. See, I think it might just seem like a couple of lines, a throwaway at the time, but mm-hmm. it just, 
I think it really does because I've been through that creative process of, of putting a book together myself and mm. it's amazing what you do to just maybe get around that little I wouldn't call it a stumbling block or writer's block mm. but just to get around that when it just become too much and you need to just release and mm. the idea of just kind of like total relaxation don't care what I'm wearing I'm just going to go and, and have a night out with friends or family mm-hmm. or whatever it might be and I love that about the book I'm just I'm after flicking through it uh, that's right and it will be available from the 1st of August on Amazon and um, then we have a live launch in Ballinamore at McGirls on the 10th of August at 5 o'clock so anyone is welcome to that that's able to come along and it's been launched by Nicola Kearns um, another local author as well so I'm delighted about that so if anyone would like to come along to that so that's my girls on the 10th of August mm-hmm. and if anyone ha- misses that and can't make it I'm sure if they get in touch with you on your social media accounts but also um, you mentioned Mulby's and Carrick and Shannon yes. and yeah, Amazon are the places to pick it up that's right and of course uh, as a someone who's also published a book it's support your local authors and if you're interested at all please get out and buy a copy even if it's not necessarily your thing uh, please get out and buy a copy and support local artists and creatives it's greatly appreciated um, by by people in that wor- world and that's kind of why we do this show so Jane mm-hmm. thank you so much for allowing us into your home to have a chat with you about Kyluk and also the new book That Curious Love of Green Notes from a Writer's Journal and it's Jane Gilhini Barry and I think it's it's something lovely it's about Leitrim it sums up Leitrim both books and I wish you the very best luck with it and best luck with the launch thank you very much thanks Bradley I mentioned at the top of the episode that today's show was brought to you by Owen Kalaki. Owen is a friend of mine from Tipperary for most of the last 20 years. And last week when I mentioned that I was seeking support for this project, he decided while out for a run that if he met me in a bar, he'd buy me a drink. And he felt that this was a way to support me in the exact same way. And because of the geography of crossing the country, that he felt that this was an appropriate way to just reach out and say hello, I'm thinking of you. And he sponsored today's show. We go back a long way, and specifically for those of you that know me prior to the start of this podcast, I've overcome a depression uh, in my life. And on the 10th of the 10th, 2010, I started a whole load of challenges which led to me cycling around the world. Now, on that morning, on the 10th of the 10th, 2010, I woke up in Owen's house in Tipperary the night after, or the morning, should I say, after his 30th birthday. And he reached out to me last night and we had a long conversation, which was lovely because we hadn't spoken in six months. It was just such a generous offer to get on board and to support the project. And Owen has been a big part of my life over the last 20 years. And I really appreciate his his gesture. Thank you so much, Owen. And thank you to everybody who has supported the show so far. Anyway, that's enough about me reliving old memories. Let's get on with the rest of the show. And let's see how the girls of Flobio were getting on on the Shannon. Tony, how have the last six days been? The last six days have been wonderful, Brefney. I'm enjoying every single minute of it. I can't believe how well it's all going. Everything is going according to plan and feeling great and loving it. And we're doing what we set out to do. That was the one big worry I had. Would we be able to keep to our plan? And we are keeping to our plan, which is great. The weather has tried its best to dampen spirits and maybe slow you down a little bit, but you haven't let that stop you? No. We had to get out of the water early yesterday because it was too choppy. And we got into the water this morning, so we lost a bit of distance yesterday, but we've gained it back. But when we got into the water this morning, it was it was 
rain and heavy, really heavy rain, and then it flattened out and we did some great swimming for about an hour. We covered great distance and then it got choppy again and it slowed us up again. And then we got out in Derry Carn and there was loads of the neighbours and family there, which was lovely. It was brilliant. And then we got onto the boat and had some more food and then we headed off again and we did some more great swimming and just before we got back into the Shannon after Drummond it got choppy again but this time the wind was behind us so we were going with the waves whereas previously we'd been going against the waves it was it was trying to get us but it didn't get us it must make it an awful lot nicer when you have that little tailwind and the the current is coming with you too yeah you could see it in um coming into Ruski the, the water is shallow enough and the water is really clear lovely and clean and you could see the grass and you could see the long grass and going with the flow so you could really get a sense that you were traveling with the water it was, it was good we we're being carried along the real flow bio flow bio coming to life yes, yes. In, in terms of the last six days what have you seen or, or experienced that you weren't quite expecting the generosity of everybody and the love and the best wishes that people are sharing with us is unreal like from in Drumshambo, the Loch Allen Hotel there, they fed us twice, a big group of us, they gave us two meals, which was absolutely brilliant. And all the people that have come out and sending us good wishes and um, meeting us at different places and all the donations that people are giving us is just remarkable. It's just lovely. Remind us who the two charities that you're doing this for. Our two charities are uh, Lust for Life, which is a mental health charity with a focus on younger people, secondary and third level, and that kind of age group, which is critical, um, and also the Irish Cancer Society. Yeah, so it's our two charities, two really worthwhile charities. <laughs> In terms of the overall experience, though, are you happy you took this on? Uh, what, about 12 months ago you decided you were going to do it? Are you happy now that, that you're, you're finally up and making waves down the, the river? Absolutely. I'm loving it, loving every minute of it, and really aware of the opportunity that we have and that we'll never have this opportunity again it's just it's just unreal it's lovely and you have your family here amongst a huge support at every stop along the way how much difference does it make to your day when you see a collection of people maybe half a dozen or a dozen people just standing on the bank or on a bridge ready to cheer you on yeah it's it's really heartwarming and it's really exciting and it just gives a, a bit of a momentum and a bit of a boost I suppose we're in our own locality here and the, the last couple of days we're really in areas where we know people as, as we move on now we'll be getting into areas where we don't know people so hopefully we'll still have the momentum behind us so yeah and finally I suppose uh, people will be listening to this on Wednesday morning you, f you finished up at Ruski Lock today yeah. uh, so tomorrow morning as people are listening to this today um, where can they expect to see you maybe Wednesday or Thursday if they wanted to catch a, a look Wednesday is meant to be a rest day now, whether we do a short swim or not, I don't know. So people really should keep an eye on the Facebook and Instagram. Um, we're meant to have a rest day, but we might see how we're going with the weather and everything. It might be an opportunity to do a short swim. I suppose after that, it'll be Ruski, Loch Forbes, I think is after that, and Tarman. That's kind of where we'll be going to. So, so keep an eye on the Instagram specifically. It's pretty, pretty good for keeping track of you. It's how I've managed to yeah. trace you down every evening. And I think it's Flobio Shannon Swim 2019 on Instagram. Thank you very much, Tony. Thank you very much, Breathly. Heather, six days down, how are you feeling now? Good, yeah, we're doing well. We're happy enough with how we're doing, I think. What has been the biggest surprise for you so far? Just the ability to keep going. Like, we did 16k there um, from Drumshambo to Carrick, and that was good. Like, we were fine after it. We're a little bit sore, but not too bad. And th that was probably it. Just, uh, like, the endurance we have is probably... And then the huge support we've got, we've got huge support in Dumshambo and in Carrick again and it's really nice to see everyone coming out and supporting us.
in terms of the actual the physicality of it in terms of preparation we spoke before you went away about maybe that you weren't quite where you'd like to be have you found that you've caught up over the last couple of days um yeah i'm still a little bit behind i suppose what mama and tony would be but sure i'm i probably youth is probably going to be on my side a little bit and i'll be able to catch up a little faster but sure have you seen the uh the different side of the river than you might have seen before yeah definitely i mean there's parts of it like that i wouldn't have swam before that i'd never be in and six days in any regrets about taking on this challenge <laughs> um th- there's been times but no i think i when i kind of get down i think i just think about all the support that we've got and everyone being behind us and talk us through each of the days that you've been on the road now because we caught up with you the weekend when you were in Drumshambo. where have you been to since then because the weather like people haven't wanted to leave the house and even getting in the river i think it deserves a special medal for staying at the cold face over the last few days yeah yesterday stopped us completely it was far too windy it just wasn't safe at all for us to be in the water so we pulled it yesterday we only did ak but today we're back caught up in where we should be so we're in ruski today so yeah and rest day tomorrow to get back to where we are is 16k longer than say you would have done in the past in training yeah it would be we wouldn't have done 16k but when we were feeling good we said we might as well keep going and get a little bit ahead of ourselves okay well listen the very best of luck thank you very much eileen how's the body after six days of swimming the shannon pretty good pretty good the arms are a bit sore my shoulders but out from that bernie glancy is rubbing me out so i'm all right pretty good not you know the way after a marathon you'd be all aches and pains but you have nothing it's only my shoulders type thing so that's okay the weather has played a bit of havoc with your schedule but you seem to be back on track we're back on track today now we had a lovely mixture of nice light rain and heavy rain and sunshine and everything but we're grand we we we're on schedule we're meant to be in Ruski today and we're in Ruski today how much do you notice the weather like obviously the choppy waves everyone can understand but the rain does the rain make much difference to you when you're in the water the rain doesn't make any difference at all you wouldn't notice it's raining at all until you look up and then I look around and say oh my god there's poor Cora in the kayak she's soaked and I look over Frank in the boat and say you're soaked and I look around and spot Dave I said, well you're alright you have your, your little, little hoodie and that's alright <laughs> In terms of uh, your own experience, now we spoke before on the show about how you tend to look just to one side. Now, is it the Roscommon side or the Leitrim side you've been looking at for the last six days? What's the Roscommon side? I'm taking all in on the Roscommon side. I know every inch of land and landmark on the Roscommon side. (laughs) I don't see the Leitrim side at all. Explain that to the listeners who might not have heard the original conversations because you you look up every second stroke for a breath rather than every third one. Yeah, more experience, more experience, or, or more, uh, I suppose, better swimmers or better techniques. You would be supposed to be swimming every or breathing every three strokes. Every time my right arm comes up, my head turns to the right for a breath of fresh air, and I only see the right hand side. So that's why I only see the Roscommon side. What was it like being back on on home turf, for, so to speak, uh, for the last two days or so through Drumsna and? and it off in that kind of region. It was grand. Coming up by the house now today, it was um, it was nice to see the house from the waterfront and uh, coming into Derry Cairn where we have been swimming for the last two months or whatever. It was great to see a familiar water. So you just on the flow all the time. But anyway, it's, it's what we know best. So that was nice to go in there and see that for the last time. 
<laughs> and of course, surrounded by your friends and family and neighbours. Yeah, a few of the neighbours came out to wish us well and send us off on our way. So it was great to have Dan and Duff flags was flying high for us there. So it was great in that sense. And the neighbours was out. So that was good. What's been your favourite part of the swim so far? Getting over Loch Allen flat and into the Loch Allen, Loch Allen Hotel for the food and the drinks and the jacuzzi and the rest. <laughs> Now, you talk about the Loch Allen. There's a couple of days ahead of you down through Longford before you hit Loch Ree. So what's the plan for Loch Ree? Because which is notoriously difficult to navigate in a boat. You're going in there with nothing but your, your wetsuit for protection. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure now the locals there in more than Loch Allen will have it nice and flat for us. So hopefully they'll have candles lit like my mother and they'll keep it nice and flat for us. So I have a word with them that we want nice flat water for Loch Ree. I've no doubt that no better woman for the job. Eileen, the very best of luck for the next couple of weeks. Uh, But I've no doubt in my mind that you're going to make it down to Limerick and hopefully we'll be there to celebrate with you. We'll be talking to you later. Lovely. Thank you. And that, folks, is all we have time for today, I am afraid. Today's show was brought to you by a generous contribution from Owen Kalaki. Thank you very much for your support, Owen. We don't have a sponsor for tomorrow's show yet. If you would have an event you'd like to promote or something that's going on in your neck of the woods that you think our listeners would like to hear about, well, then get in touch. Go to leitrimdaily.com forward slash save and you can pick up tomorrow's episode for 25 euros we've sold 24 so far and as it increases by one euro per day uh, it is 25 euros to reserve tomorrow's show we have over a thousand listeners a day on average and we would love to help you promote your event or your business to those who are just listening thank you so much again for the continued support it's always appreciated and i look forward to chatting to you tomorrow when we will have a new show a new thursday gig guide as opposed to our traditional Friday morning show. I will talk to you then.